Alright, welcome back everybody. Another episode of Rambling Nights. Got Jake here. Hudson's with us. He's in Gordon. Say hi, Hudson. Hello. He's at Mass- in Massachusetts right now, very far from us. So sad. <laughs> so far, yeah. We're making it work. So tonight, we have it on good authority that we're talking about church authority. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Hudson, I stole your joke. It was, it was that was my line. Bad, so. <laughs> All right, Jake, tell us about church authority. <clears throat> so, uh, well, I kind of did a little bit of uh, preparation this time. Yeah, I can see it strewn um, all over the table. Unlike last time, uh, because we had so much time between when we did this one and the last one. But uh, basically, the the points are to talk about church authority and and what it ha- how it affects even uh, like evangelical Christians or even Christians who are more liberal than evangelical Christians um, on things that we sometimes overlook uh, and either take for granted or um, just totally neglect the idea just that has to go along with it. So... Um, the three points are going to be about what the early church thought about, uh, authority, what the Bible itself both teaches about authority, but also how it self was, uh, compiled and canonized by authority and just a lot of the traditions that we do, uh, Christmas celebrating I mean, worshiping on Sunday, and uh, how we calculate how we get Easter, the calendars we use, etc. Um, so, yeah, just the introduction. So we can start off with, uh, you want to start off with the Bible or the early church? Yes. No, the Bible. I want to start <laughs> off with the Bible. All right. Just a little note, I can hear some echoing from when yeah, I'm talking. I can hear that too, like feedback or something. Is it from On me? your end, Hudson? Yeah, I think I'm hearing it from you on your thing. I don't know. It just might make a mess when we try and splice this stuff together. But anyway, the Bible. <laughs> All right, we'll start with the Bible. Um, the Bible itself, my... Um, my belief, and I think that history tells us this, that... The Bible itself was compiled by church leaders, not the apostles themselves, but church leaders that were given authority um, by the Spirit and uh, by the progression of authority handed down from the apostles, not in perhaps the same authority as the apostles, but still an authority to choose which books are scripture, ascertain which ones were actually written by uh, the apostles, which ones that, even if they were written by the apostles, were not valuable enough to use in um, in the canon, and other books that were widely used that perhaps were less um, necessary or uh, didn't have proper documentation for who wrote it you know some things might have been a little 
difficult to uh, connect together with scripture that was solid right. were were cast off. Like Shepherd of Hormuz was a, a popular book that's no longer used in scriptures, and it was placed in the place where we ha- now have revelation in this Sinaiticus text. So things like that. Uh, so my contention is that scripture itself is a church tradition so the idea that it's the only possible way to to get truth about spiritual things seems like a loop you can't fully base scripture without church tradition hmm Okay. I mean, which kind of, which kind of counterpoint? Do you uh, counterpoint? I'm, I'm certain I you don't believe that. I don't know. We just had uh, a I know, like I know we did, <laughs> and we were. I just, I, not that I don't like traditions. Very valuable, right? Like it, it has it's it's important. Traditions good, but I just like how heavily are we going to rely on tradition to be like. Like I, I, I don't know. I guess what I'm getting at here, but tr- like, you're saying that without tradition of like the the church canon or like whatever those guys did, without that we wouldn't have the scripture that we have today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. If, if if your contention is that the only way we can get spiritual truth is through scripture, the only absolute only way that there's no uh, there's no uh, interpretation that's been done over centuries and things along not that line, um, it leads to people coming up. I mean, there's a lot of different things that it leads to, but and we can talk about that, but the, just the premise that Scripture itself is a church tradition and you can't just cast off the idea. I mean, yes, the church, the, the people that, the men that decided that, in church leadership were guided by the spirit. Yeah. I mean nobody denies that. But God did use the church to preserve the proper canon. And um perhaps he also uses the church by church I mean the entire church not just evangelicals and or whatever or uh, reformed or the Orthodox Church. Well, that's funny to me because the majority of the church body doesn't really agree. That's why we have all these different denominations. Yeah. And there's just little minutiae and, and nuances that we just don't agree right. on. Well, it's because, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons for that, but that's partially, in my opinion, because we have given solely the power to interpret to anybody. And so, like, it leads to vast, you know, people will take the scripture on tongues and go super far with that. Or they'll go, you know, you could read, what's it, in Corinthians when Paul says women should cover their hair. You know. Hmm. I don't care. Or no. That, what is that? They throw bonnets or something at church? 
Be sorry, that, that probably sounded if really I, if, I could, if you if go I to a church it. where you have to wear bonnets, I didn't mean it like that. I'm sorry. Right? No, it's it's not it's not that. But there's an interpretation that has been brought is that 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 she should not go to church without being under the authority of her husband, or presumably, if she's young enough, she would be under the authority of her father. That is, or if she's what unmarried, has been. That's also their argument. That if they're unmarried, yes, then, then she's under the authority of either. Yeah. Yes. So and yeah, for sure. And uh, but that's something that would be an interpretation that's been passed down. But if you were to read that just verbatim today, if I can find that, I can't, I can't remember the exact scripture. It is. I mean, it literally says uh, right after that verse about head coverings that Paul is like, doesn't nature teach you that her hair is her covering? So don't argue about it, basically, was his point. like, <laughs> Right, right. But if you do read it, it says she should be covered. I'm, I'm just saying that somebody could take that and say, you know, all women have to cover their hair at all times in church. And, like, it just, uh, I don't even, I didn't. I should have got this because I was going to use it for an example, maybe, if something came up. But uh, basically the point is that that's been passed down to us, an understanding of that passage. So that when it's somebody brings Corinthians a question 11. to... 1 Corinthians 11. Sorry, where... 1 Corinthians 11. You want to read it? You got it? Um. Yeah. I'll start... Yeah. Starting in verse 2. Uh, now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is in the image and the glory of God. But a woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. This is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not in, independent of man, nor man of women. For as woman was made for man, so man is now born of women. And, of all, and all things are from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, that it is, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman, if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. That's all the way through 16, by the way. So that is a complicated passage that if you took, if you took a plain reading of it, does not necessarily uh, negate the idea that women should pray with their head covered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I got lost. Right. Well, All that's I what. That, but that's what. That, but that's what happens. Yeah. And and so, 
what I'm saying is like there's a lot of passages that that are not plain, and we read them through a lens of passed down tradition. We are in the Protestant tradition, but the Protestant tradition is not divorced from the Roman Catholic tradition, which is not all that different from it's not fully divorced; it's partially divorced. It it's it's not all that the Roman Catholic tradition is not all that different from the Orthodox tradition. The, the point is that we read these things through a lens that is given to us by prior interpretations so that we don't have to come up with new theologies all the time. But if you totally decide that you want to uh, move away from any type of tradition and that the only thing that we have to base it on is Scripture, which is itself a church tradition... Let me know I mean, how that works Not in the sense you. that it should be cast... you know. It, cast away as if it's a menial a menial tradition but it's most definitely something that is super important to the church and is guided by the spirit when the when the men compiled it so anyway yeah what were you going to say Hudson I said let me know how that works out for you which what <laughs> Just relying on scripture alone without any prior interpretation. Let me know how that goes. Right. That's what it 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 that's what I'm saying. It it doesn't work. And um this is why, you know, the the phrase oh, sorry. Yeah, we oh got flies. Gosh. Uh the fla the phrase sola scriptura I I would prefer I don't know what the the proper non-English word would be, but like pri like scripture as primary, as like if it, if it contradicts scripture and there's no explanation for where, how the tradition was set up, then scripture is more important, obviously, because it was preserved for a purpose. But if there, if, if there is an interpretation that is just simply disagreed with, like we have modern day modalists that believe that they're, they don't. They deny the Trinity, and they believe, but they do believe Jesus is God. But just God manifests Himself only one way at a time. That's a heresy. But it's not. It's not like they couldn't come to it by just reading the Scripture that particular way. The thing I struggle with is traditions. It's like <clears throat> there's weird ones. Right, like I mean, trust me, yeah, yeah. I'm not, so I'm it's not, like, I'm not defending how... Rome with their <laughs> weird traditions. I'm just saying that we shouldn't just wholesale cloth throw off all traditions. Considering we have traditions all the time. I mean, you go to it, we, you go to an evangelical Baptist church, even non-denominational. They're basically just non-denominational Baptist. You go, you sing songs. Well, you, you you pray before you sing songs. Then you sing songs. Then you pray. Then you read scripture. Sometimes you pray after you read the scripture. Sometimes not. Then you go through the scripture and the sermon. Then you pray and then you sing a song. That's how you do it every week. That is a liturgy. It's a tradition that's been passed on. There's different ones. I mean, there's some that do communion every week. There's some that do... Um, <coughs> they chant the liturgy as a congregation. Some venerate saints. Other things like that. I'm not advocating for all those traditions i'm just saying those traditions do exist even in 
evangelical churches. And I think to just cast off everything as like the church has no, you know, there's no binding authority over things. You know, the Trinity and Christ divinity were settled so long ago that it's, we read the scriptures that imply, you know, for instance, uh, only the Father knows and, and Christ doesn't know. Well, how would Christ not know? Well, that, that means that Christ is not the same person as the Father, but yet he's still God. That's confusing to people who read things through a lens of just total criticism of all that's come before. And that is, that's the liberal part that I disagree with. And it leads to Mormonism, which denies Christ's divinity. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses would deny Christ's divinity. Uh, um, Seventh-day Adventists, which deny the yep. church's authority to decide when to meet. They meet on this, the Sabbath, which is Saturday. And they say anybody who meets on, not all of them, but the premise is that anybody who meets on Sunday is worshiping the sun god. Right. So, so all these things come about from just a, this idea that we know better than what's happened before. Okay, but that stuff, like Christ said all that stuff was going to happen. Like false teachers and prophets are going to come after him and try to like lead us astray. So I don't know. Yeah, but who's the false prophet? That's the question. That's I'm I'm not saying this to be I I just think that if we don't somewhat criticize the fact that Protestantism has devolved into chaos because we reject authority it, it seems that we are, you know, pointing out the problems with Rome or with the Orthodox churches or with Anglicans which all have their problems without addressing the problem of anarchy in in Protestantism. And it, it creates a mess. I mean, look at the United States right now. It's a horrendous mess because there's no leadership from the church because there's no... The church is just a fragmented... You know, it's shattered. Mess. Mm. It's like a broken, piece of a broken piece of glass you can't even see through. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, anyway, that's uh my my that's my premise that we shouldn't cast off. So authority. then what what authority, right? We shouldn't cast off authority, but you were talking about traditions. Right. Church but, tradition. But but church traditions come about by the use of authority. Okay. So who do we have as our authority then? Well, technically, I mean, we all celebrate Christmas on uh we sell, we I also, asked whose authority we're under, not when Christmas is. What? What? Hold on. I hope you've got a point here. I've Sorry, got a point. I've got a point. We celebrate. We celebrate Christmas on December twenty fifth because that is what the Roman Catholic Church decided. We were when they decided we were going to celebrate it. When we became Protestants, talking about the church, I didn't. I'm not that old. But when <laughs> when that happened, we kept December twenty fifth as the day in which. We, we celebrate Christ's birth. Right? Celebrate Christ's birth. Okay. So it's like we're still under that authority because we celebrate that tradition. Same thing with celebrating on Sunday. Um, you know, the use of unleavened bread in in uh, communion. 
Mm-hmm. We get that from Rome. I mean, the Eastern churches, most of them, almost all of them, I think there's one exclusion, all of, all of them use leavened bread mm. during their communion or Eucharist. So we get that tradition from Rome. And yes, it's backed up by scriptures. And it's not like we just... But we do tend to cast off things or say or demonize Rome for having traditions when we have our own traditions. Instead of actually just talking about what is the proper traditions, we just demonize traditions in general or demonize the authority that established those traditions. Right. So then we need to be able to determine which traditions are good and which ones probably aren't ones that we're going to agree on. Right. So by that point, we need like church authority. So then my question again still is like, who's going to, you know, be like, what does that look like? Well, it's difficult in the United States because we question authority on all levels because... America. Yeah, 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 you know, the the people are not the authority. I mean, that's not how it was set up. And that is, I mean, that's how the United States was set up. And it leached into the church and it's caused, you know, you look, you get your TikTok preachers... (laughs) That just are spouting blasphemy about Christ Jesus, being a racist. racist or whatever. Whoops. Sorry, what'd you say? Hudson? Jesus was a racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is just not. That's not and true. He was gay. And you've got. <laughs> oh yeah, or or like they they also say you know Mary was raped or whatever. Uh, no, that's not what? how that works. Yeah, that's what they say. I- who? TikTok preachers. TikTok. And this is what happens is when you have TikTok. no when I you think, have I no TikTok and sense of shouldn't con- ever go in the community same phrase ever. <laughs> I just yeah. like air quote TikTok. air quote preacher. Ugh. All right, they're not real preachers. <laughs> I honestly didn't know you knew what TikTok was. I'm kind of sad. I oh, I'm hip. I'm I'm up with I'm up with the the new fads, man. Yeah, yeah. He said it before, Noah. It, He's not, not that old. <laughs> Just kidding, you are. He's not that old. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch Martin Luther uh, put the seven theses on the door? Is that what it was? That wasn't, what is it? Never mind, it was supposed to be a joke. Okay, yeah, 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 it wasn't seven, but it was... 90-something, right? Yeah, it was more than that. 95. 95. Well, then there was the other one, too. He had two different ones. Why am I thinking seven? Anyway, move on. (laughs) All right, anyway, so the discussion now is... More so, like, should the church accept that we need to place people in authority and those people in authority need to actually assert authority? I mean, Mm -hmm. we have elders and pastors. We have have elders and pastors already, and that seems to be the only office. Do we have another... but that, that seems that. to be that seems to be the only offices that Jesus has instituted, like in First um, Timothy, right? And everywhere throughout Scripture, it yeah. says that Christ is head of the church. And the problem with the the Pope, one of the issues with the Catholic Church was that the Pope yeah. was setting himself up as head of the church, quote-unquote. And that was one of the things that 
the Protestant Reformation was like, wait a minute, that's not that's not good, that's not okay, um, and that's where true the the solas came out of, because the Catholic Church was saying, you know, we need all of these things that the solas had would have said after the Reformation, plus the Roman Catholic tradition, and that's where it went way off the rails, and so I, I don't. I'm not sure where I land on that, but I think that was that's one of the things that I'm wary of um, when we talk of church authority. I don't know. That's just one thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got pro. I, you know, I'm a Protestant. I don't like that that the Pope has taken sole authority of things. But did we throw the baby out with the bathwater? When we decided, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you never heard that expression. No, I have. It's just been a minute. But oh yeah, did we throw it out with the bathwater when we said, you know, well, we no longer have, we we essentially did away with bishops and archbishops, not in all denominations and not in all sections of denominations, but this, you know, it's been almost just passed down to just pastors or just a pastor and his elders. And so, you know, the church leadership there, and there's no like sending authority that sends people. I'm not saying that this is, this is happening in all uh, denominations and the reform seem to be more on board with doing stuff like this. Um, I but think I, would be, I mean, even at that, I, I think I would be on board with something like that as long as it was like as long as there were checks and balances so that you didn't mm. get to a place where it was like you know i'm the pope and i have full authority and you're not even allowed to read your bibles and interpret them for yourself because the pope is the interpreter of scripture kind of thing like that's how far it got um and i think as yeah long as yeah we can, yeah that as long as we can make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen i have no issue with that but yeah, there, but there would need to be... be any way that we we're, way we're that... not hearing you are you can you hear me now there you are yeah yeah, yeah i wasn't talking no I, you started talking, oh. so i stopped yeah <laughs> so oh, okay sorry <laughs> Well, I was just going to say that there's no way, I don't know that we're ever going to have enough checks and balances to be able to prevent something like that. Like, we might be able to have, like, it might be good for, like, the first time we try to unify and put, like, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, a head honcho above all of the churches and, and all that stuff. But it's just, also, we're human, so we're going to end up I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily think that putting one person... Like designating no, one person you, is a good idea at all. Well, no, okay, like that's you, no, no. <clears throat> I, I I agree. This is why I don't like. So basically, I I guess if if you look at some of what the Eastern churches do, they have a relatively small in their countries, like populations. Usually, uh, like Lebanon and and Greece and and Russia are exceptions in Bulgaria, I guess, but but. Places like Egypt, you know, the Coptics, and then you've got, uh, you know, you have an Archbishop of Jerusalem. I mean, how many actual Christians live in Jerusalem compared to the Jews and then, and then the Muslims? There's way less. But 
it seems they have come up with uh it i don't agree on all of their theology and some of the stuff that they do but they at least have come to the point where they haven't you know set up essentially an emperor over the church where christ should be they have a bunch of different archbishops that are all on the same level and they do different things in their churches if you're a Greek Orthodox, you can go into a Russian Orthodox and they're not going to deny you communion and they're going to essentially make you, you know, treat you as a brother. Whereas in, you know, a, a, a mat, all right, so just imagine like a, a Presbyterian, uh, no, or like a, not a, pre, let's do it the opposite way around. So imagine like a Pentecostal going to a Presbyterian church and it happens to be a huh. time when they, Decide they want they want to baptize an infant. Sorry, what? I said that's a funny joke, Jake. Well, yeah, yeah, but well, it it may it may in theory happen, and that you know we we've been conditioned so that you know we're repulsed. You know, Baptists, credo Baptists, are repulsed by the idea of baptizing infants. We know. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 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 basically, the 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 point being that there's no unity there. Even though they speak different languages, have different cultures, they're still in in there's some sense of unity. Um, but they still have an archbishop over their particular denomination, for lack of a better term, even though it's not. You know, I don't know what exactly they would call it. But, you know, they believe in apostolic succession and all that stuff, but that's not exactly the point I'm getting at, is that they agree mostly on almost all doctrine, just some things they do differently, and they accept that there's different things that they do. Um, but it seems to me that that would be a better system than a system where there's no leadership at all, which there's, you know, most liberal, evangelical, and... Pentecostal churches are like that, but then you have like the new apostolic movement, which seems to try to set up authority out of nowhere, uh, out of feelings, and then you have, you know, the Lutherans, where they split off from the Lutherans of Europe in the United States, and they are devolving into just essential liberalism and universalism. It's going to be that soon. Um, yeah. By the way, the NAR is so a giant even, dumpster filled with heresy. So, just FYI. Oh, absolutely. Yes, the NAR is, is a is yeah, I 100% agree. It's a major mess. But that's because they are they've unbound themselves from any tradition. We they make their own new traditions and that leads to and they have their own new translation with a bunch of extra words in it. And it's a mess. But that's what happens when you go to the extreme. Those who try and skirt the edge simply devolve into little bit less chaos they, they even though the edge. yes slow sometimes slower than others i mean sometimes an edge is not unabrupt but sometimes you might start slipping and grab on and you slip a little bit later 50 years down the road and then you grab on and then six or seven generations down the road you're uh you're ordaining people that uh think they're cats 
Like, <laughs> I'm I'm serious. This could, this could happen. And like, the, this is the not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a mess, and this is what happens when you throw cast off authority. And my my contention is that we need to assemble authority between churches so that it's so that one church can't decide to make its own new denomination and then another oh then you know they have six or seven church plants and one of them doesn't agree anymore so then that church plant goes off and makes a new denomination and that's what happens when there's no solid connection between um these things and it, and and it it comes from our culture it's not like we can easily change these things um because our culture you know if you don't consent it's not true you know it's just like we've we've made the people in charge of everything and minimized what the the purpose of leadership is which is to guide the foolish sheep and what's what we need and i think that's what's lacking in america politically and in the church so it's a it's a mess so i wanted to read one thing that was read that was uh, uh, written about Polycarp when he was martyred. Um, so, this was written probably about this one fifty, so the second century, one fifty, one sixty, when when Polycarp was was murdered, uh, martyred. Uh, so this chapter 16 of this uh, letter that was written from the church to another church about the fact that Polycarp was killed. It says, At last these wicked men, perceiving that his body had not, be, not been consumed by the fire, commanded the slaughterer uh, to come near and plunge, plunge in a sword. And when he had done this, they came out and drove, uh, there came out a dove and abundance of blood and so that was quenched so that it quenched the fire and the multitude and eh, sorry i can't read here i'm getting trying to get this uh and all the multitude wondered that there was such a difference between the unbelievers and the elect of whom this most admirable martyr polycarp was one having been in our time an apostolic and prophetic teacher and bishop of the Catholic Church, which is in Saimara. I can't read. It's a strange name of the location. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> for, for every word which he uttered from his mouth, both have been fulfilled and shall be fulfilled. I've heard that before. That was a really cool account. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Polycarp was a great martyr. Uh that the idea that he was a bishop in the Catholic Church, Catholic means universal. This was how this was translated. A bishop in the universal church. In this location, he was an apostolic, apostolic, and prophetic teacher. Mm -hmm. The key word being apostolic. So apostolic, as in like twelve apostles. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the implication that these people are making. So the early church. Did not just would have passed down authority to, to basically some semblance to Polycarp, some semblance from the apostles, right? 
there are some confirming polycarp's legitimacy legitimacy okay yes. so where like so, so there's a, there's the dispute is whether or not apostolic succession means that they're basically passed down the exact same authority as the original apostles had or if the original apostles had special authority and they only simply passed down authority in less significant things anyway just, i'm not i'm not here to change i'm not here to settle the debate i'm here to say that this was written you know some of these people at this church may have known apostles maybe not i mean it's kind of late but you know the apostle the apostle john died nine and 90 so they could have been wouldn't have been too far off wouldn't have been too far off or at least their parents yeah. may have known apostles so it's not like this is just 300 years down the road that the roman catholic church decided they wanted they wanted to change some things so they made you know all this stuff to uh to subjugate everybody and it just it uh yeah anyway so then so this is polycarp actually writing so another another example of what they thought of these things so in a, in a like manner, also the young men must be blameless in all things, caring for pur purity before everything and curbing themselves in, in ev uh, from every evil. Uh, for it is a good thing to refrain from the lusts of the world, for every lust uh, worth against the spirit, and neither whoremongers nor effeminate persons nor defilers of themselves shall with men shall inherit the kingdom of God. Neither uh, do they do that, do untoward things. Sorry, it's written weird. Uh, wherefore, it is right to abstain from all these things, submitting yourselves to the presbyters and deacons as to God and Christ. Uh, there it is, yourselves right to there. Presbyterians are biblical. Says it right there. Oh boy. <laughs> presbyters. Therefore, is we just should the, establish the presbyteries everywhere. That that's what I'm getting from. That. <laughs> debate over. <laughs> De debate, debate over. over yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Only if you're at the top of the chain, Hudson, so you can take the fall for it. So no, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I have to but graduate. But submitting themselves. <laughs> graduate first. They're, they're submitting themselves to the presbyters and the deacons as they would to God and Christ. It seems that that's more of a submission than just we're submitted to Christ and you know I don't need to care who my leader is type deal. Uh, I only go to the ones that I only go to the ones that tell me what I want to hear kind of deal. And people we do that all the time. Right, but we do need to submit to the leaders that are submitting to Christ. So if I've got a leader that's claiming yeah. to be a leader, it's like, oh yeah, you gotta do X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, that's not what that's Well, obviously, obviously, right. this is why so, leaders should be sub subjugated to other leaders. Okay. Yeah, I it, agree with that. This is why you know, you get you will get pastors that go off the rails if they have no other subjugation. Right. And but then they usually Jesus have subjugation the within their own denominations. So like it's not always. No, but if there is, that's what I'm saying. And then within those denominations, they don't agree. Right, but then, 
but then it's left up to the you a lot of den, American denominations just allow like pretty much everybody to vote and if pastors I'm talking pastors. about at the at the level of the they don't choose other you know basically ordained ministers or pastors yeah. will go to the conferences or whatever I don't know what you know I don't know what they, exactly they call them and they'll go and then everybody votes but they have no leaders there Oh, within the okay. Yeah, so there's no there's there's no stages of leadership. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a the principle is there that there should be stages of leadership. Like even like if you look Paul's uh, giving instruction to Timothy, Titus, and Philemon to go do things they had authority over other things. So it's like there's a, a structure there that it's more than just the individual and God. There's a structure of authority. Yeah. And and that structure of authority is what's missing. We have one step, but we don't have like th th two or three other steps that could be there. Okay. To help quell... Anarchy, which happens. Yeah. Okay, I agree. <laughs> I don't... So, plan. Okay. Uh, we're going to establish an authority, then start talking with the Roman Catholics and the Orthodox and, and Jake reunite. will be the new Pope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the Pope. I don't think the Pope should exist. I... I think the yeah. Pope, in in the sense that the Bishop of Rome should exist, I don't. Yeah, think he'll the change pope a few rules. Of the Vicar of Christ should exist. What? You'll you'll change Sorry, a few what? rules, but you know, change a few rules. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I, I like the idea. I, I suppose of having like a leadership. I don't know, council or whatever. Like basically, like the twelve apostles when they started out, right? Like they were the. For lack of a better what term, was there only twelve? You know what I mean. The apostles, they were like the top dogs, and they all worked things out among themselves. And yeah, there was like a, a hierarchy of of. But they also didn't get pushed around by each other either, because I know that Paul and Peter had a, not like major disputes that like made them hate each other or anything. But like they obviously, I can't remember what it was specifically. But Paul called Peter out on something. I can't. I I should have. He was. Uh, yes, that's what it was. He was, was refusing not to. Gentiles. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they anyway, worked it out, and that Acts I like the idea of that. Acts fifteen. Yeah. Acts fifteen. <clears throat> the church in Antioch asked a question to the council in Jerusalem mm -hmm. about circumcision, specifically. Um. And. There's this sense that there's a connection there between the churches, mm -hmm. and that the the apostles and the elders were gathered gathered together to consider this matter. And after there was much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, "Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that you might by my mouth uh, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe." 
uh, and he bore witness to them that they had that I'm going to par- yeah, somewhat paraphrase that they that there's witness to the Gentiles having the Holy Spirit and uh, just this whole thing that there was discussion upon amongst the, the apostles and the elders and they came to a decision and Antioch submitted themselves to the decision. If there was connection. Yeah. And not only that, uh, another little interesting thing, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, is uh, referred to, I believe, in this, referred to as an apostle. Or he made the, de- he made the final decision. Either that it was the second council of Jerusalem. But either way, uh, and he wasn't one of the twelve or the eleven plus Paul. <laughs> but anyway, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, basically, my contention is that I think the whole idea that uh, sola scriptura, that you know, we can just cast off any contradictory thing from the Bible. Um, that we conflict with Roman or or uh, Orthodox or Presbyterians. Not that Hudson would disagree with Presbyterians <laughs> or with uh, or with Lutherans or Anglicans or whatever, and just cast it off as if you know the plain reading of the scripture. The scripture says this. You know, perhaps we're reading it through a lens in which we're reading it through the incorrect lens. I mean, there's lots of things. How can, so like, how can you have an incorrect lens of just reading the scripture for what it says? So. uh, Okay. So obviously that, and probably taking into context, the time, the place, the people it was written to in con with as like, so what's the problem with taking it at face value within its context? Right. If but that's the, the canon, the that... context is the hard part. Okay, it's How, the hard part. Why is to that understand. the hard part? Because we don't know what their culture was like. Much we know, we know very little about it. I mean, we know a lot. We can get a pretty good idea, right? Yeah. But just your average Joe Schmo doesn't. What? Right. No, I agree with that. That's why we need teachers and stuff. I mean, your average heretic doesn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, we we all have a bias, you know, that you can't overcome. And that bias is built in, like, I, I just reject the idea that you can read the scripture without reading it with a bias. Even if you ask for the Holy Spirit's help, you're still going to read it with a bias. And then you should consult people, who, other people. You shouldn't come to your own conclusions solely on the fact that you've read the scripture and it says this particular thing and I believe this particular thing. You should discuss it with people and say, hey, what does this say? What has been the tradition about this particular, particularly difficult passage? Should women wear head coverings or not? That's a dispute in the church. There are churches that women do wear head coverings. There are churches that women don't wear head coverings. You know, Western churches and Eastern churches that do this, you know, and just the the idea that, uh, 
These aren't these aren't things that are just easily ascertained and that just any lay person can just totally contradict what Christians have believed for centuries. That's my general contention. I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. I would just think that there should be more of a discussion on which ones we're actually going to argue about. Or not argue about, but which traditions we're going to... Because there's a lot of, like, what my... The thing I'm thinking is, like, there's just a lot of little, tiny, stupid stuff that we argue about that we can't agree on. And we're, we're too busy throwing throwing away the traditions of other people rather than actually asking questions about why they have those traditions. You know, oh, you know, the church that R Rome believes in purgatory. Well, why do they believe in purgatory? Not... Well, that's not in the scripture. It doesn't specifically say it. I, I'm not. I don't. I disagree with their. I've, but I've actually looked into why they believe in purgatory. But. And you still disagree. with I it. still disagree with it. Okay. But at least it's not like they're just made it up out of whole cloth. I think a lot of it is a little bit like that, but not all of it. And, and just this. Uh, You know, it's well. It's not. I didn't find it in plain terms, so it can't but be you true. You came up and that's with a new happens. word that's not a scripture, therefore it's wrong. That, like that's Trinity, what I'm getting from that. What I said basically, they're saying like, but, you know, they but, came up with but, a new what, word that's not in scripture, therefore it's wrong, without actually looking into what they mean. Oh, oh. Yes, exact. Okay, I I get what you're saying. So you were on my side of the argument that yes. that just because a word doesn't appear in scripture doesn't mean that it's an improper thing to believe what that word describes. Similar to the Trinity. Yes. If you look up all of anyway. the reasons that people give for why homosexuality is perfectly acceptable, their allegedly strongest argument is that the word homosexual didn't appear in scripture until like 400 <laughs> years ago, which is just a dumb argument. Well, what but about sodomite? Isn't that the whole thing that was named after them? Yeah. Yes. I don't know where they get uh, that it is from. A, it is a foolish argument. Or they talk about eunuchs. You know, when Christ talked about eunuchs, some eunuchs choose to be eunuchs and other eunuchs are eunuchs at birth or whatever. And they say, oh, well, eunuch really just meant other things other than eunuch, which doesn't make any sense to me. And it's just a whole mess. So they pull that into. But yeah, that's what happens when you say, oh, well, we know better now. You know, it's, a, it's the liberal idea that we know more than the people that came before us. And that's what I reject. I, I just reject that whole idea that I would rather proceed with caution when there's a new doctrine that comes out or a new stance on theology rather than just cast off everything because it simply was corrupted by the by Rome or whatever like I, I, give me corruption over anarchy any day uh, you know that's that's my premise don't you'd rather have corruption over well I'd rather that's, I would most definitely have corrupt would rather have uh, corruption over anarchy. I don't know. Any day. We're pretty corrupt in the United States right now. That would be better than anarchy. Yes, I suppose. I don't know. I feel like cor ah, 
corruption is just so at least in anarchy it's just like in like it's not like uh hidden you know what i mean like everybody knows like yeah this is just chaos and we're dealing with it but what in corruption it's like everybody's being sneaky about it and it's everybody's playing a mind i don't know I'm not I, saying corruption's good. No, I know, I know. I'm just, I, I, I'm just it's saying an interesting more, thing, like, more valuable things that corruption. are. I mean, if you look at this in a like political, like at the political level, better things come out of corruption than come out of anarchy. Okay. Yeah. You know, would you, would you rather right now? Would you rather live in China or Afghanistan? Afghanistan, I think. At least you have running water, and you're not. There's not roving bands through the streets executing people. I don't know, man. I would rather have neither. Stabi- is that a stability is a little better than anarchy, in my opinion. Yeah. There's no good no, answer. Yeah, there's just right. one. There's no good answer to that. Right. So that's that's my contention with with Rome. Is that could could the Holy Spirit have moved through Rome? to come to proper understandings of things, even though there is corruption involved in the leadership, perhaps. Or it's just soul corruption. They want to just send all the people to hell. If you read some did of the you, uh, reformers, that's pretty did much you what see they said. Did you see that article about um, Beijing, China, basically taking one of their most famous actresses and saying that... They're just going to get rid of her. And so they erased like all of her records from everywhere within like China, like where you get internet in China, which is their own thing. They, they erased all of her um, records, everything. She basically doesn't exist in China anymore because I guess she was like talking to the wrong people, according to the government down there. And so they were like, "Okay, bye. You don't exist anymore." What? <laughs> we 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 we're not getting all of what you're saying, but I, we're getting the premise that that they deleted uh, the records of her, like kind of like Exist- what they did yeah. with the all of yeah. them, Tiananmen Square like, as well. She might as well not exist. Yeah, in China I'm not saying I'm not saying it. I like China. Yeah. Yeah, we're having we're having some technical difficulties. Yeah, no, it's, it, that's, it's that not that not we're not good. understanding what you're saying. It's, it's yeah, no worries. The, there's something wrong with this. This is to be expected. Okay. But yeah, no, we'll that's... figure it out by next spring. Yeah, <laughs> but you're getting good good recording down that way. So yeah, yep. Yeah. You still there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, we can hear you now, maybe. Um, anyway, that's. And I mean, I I acknowledge that my political views kind of leach over into my view of the church. Um, but I think if you look at how the state of the church and the state of the country right now, liberal democracy ain't working. Tell you Quote that. of the night. Liberal democracy ain't working. I, it's not. <laughs> that'll be our church be the and the church. Dis- and that'll, in- that'll be the description for the podcast when I put it up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can quote that if you want. All right. Well, 
how long we've been going at this. Too long. Uh, to ten minutes up. over. <laughs> ten minutes over. Yep. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> you got any final things to say, Hudson? We probably won't. You probably break up on nope. our end, but. Uh... <laughs> cool. Do you have any final things out, to say? Said no. We will iron out all of oh, the technical difficulties in short order, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we cool. can continue to to keep doing these, even though you're away in uh, the in a strange Democratic land. People's Republic of <laughs> the Democratic People's Republic of Massachusetts. <laughs> hey, honestly, I didn't think tonight was gonna work, but it's pretty good. Hey, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not working too often, man. Cool. Oh yeah. Uh Noah decided it was a good idea to get earrings and everybody's making fun of him, so we're adding that on too. What the heck, Jake? What, what does this what have a, to do with a, anything? What a loser. No, just <laughs> Oh, did you Wait <laughs> Whatever. Did you Hudson, know Hudson? Did you know that he got earrings? Why is this hey, Noah, becoming a thing all of a sudden Noah, on the podcast of all idiot. things? <laughs> 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 Well, Basically sorry guys, I, I guess said. I'm not a Christian anymore. I just got to become part of the homosexual community because I have earrings. Good Lord. Give us our benediction, Jake. I want to get the heck out of here. Grace and peace be upon you. Amen. What the heck? Good to talk to you, Hudson. <laughs>